we're in Afghanistan. And yeah. We're sitting there and we're building up a. It's the same operation that I was talking about with the 82 recoilless. Yeah. That's what that was. We called it a, a river run. So we went down the Arkandab River, which runs through Afghanistan. And it was during the dry season, so we could drive down the river. And we're driving through a bunch of like strong points that Canadians hold to. For essentially, it was for. Um, we were tearing down two and strengthening up the third one so we could save troops and time. <laughs> and yep. the entire time we're going down there, we were getting hit constantly. And I remember at one point, I you know, I love tankers and all this, but we were getting <laughs> we we're getting mortared. And I remember looking over to see the tanker, and one of the crew commanders just dove into the, the top hatch of the tank, and all I saw was his little legs just oh. kicking out of the top <laughs> as he's trying to get in. <laughs> and I, it's something that will stick in my head forever. Welcome to episode two of the Veteran Transition Experience. On this episode, we talk with Greg Hanneman, ex-Canadian Armed Forces, who served for 12 years, went to the UN for a bit of contracting, and now is a level two cybersecurity analyst in Canada. In this episode, we talk about Greg's story, how his serving went, what made him decide to leave, and advice he would give to any veteran, not only looking to get into cybersecurity, but just how to transition in general, what advice he can give. It's Canadian focused, but really there's a lot of great general advice here that any ex-military personnel would get tons of value for. So please enjoy this episode. So Greg, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. First Canadian on the show as well. So that's first good. First Canadian on the show. Long yep. time listener. First time viewer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the second episode. So I don't know if that's that special, but I mean, you can claim it. You can claim it. So first up, why did you decide to join the Canadian Armed Forces? Well, when I, I went to college back uh, back in the day, and my roommate at the time, he was uh, a reservist. I don't know if you guys have reservists out in Australia. Yeah, we do. They're, they're, yeah, so he was a reservist in the engineers. And uh, he would, every, like, Tuesday or Thursday, he would go and parade, as he calls it. And then he would just come back drunk, right? <laughs> you know, at the bar somewhere, and he'd be drunk. And, and then he'd go on his weekend exercises, and he'd go out, and all he'd do is play with explosives. I thought, man, that's a, that's a great job. So I, uh, I took police foundations in college, and that gets you absolutely nowhere. Like, you finish college, no cop's going to hire some 19-year-old kid, right? So anyways, after that, I decided, you know what, I'm going to join the Army. So I joined the Army as an engineer, um, and then engineers, we are pretty much the jack-of-all-trades. We don't really have any specialties. So I get deployed to Afghanistan about a year and a half after I joined, and that's um, Afghanistan, right? Like, we were in uh, Kandahar province. We lost a lot. Uh, I got blown up three times in a week there. The first one was an 82 recoilless. We're sitting there and we're prepping a charge and this 82 recoilless just knocked me right on my ass. That was fun. What's that? Anyways. Sorry to explain. <laughs> an 82 recoilless is essentially a big rocket launcher. Okay. So uh, it's 82 millimeters in diameter and yeah. it's uh, designed as anti-tank. So uh, we're setting up um, like a, almost like a bridge for the tanks to get over on a, a river run. Uh, you know, you know that picture I sent you with me in a claymore doing the selfie. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that, great. That's, that's, <laughs> that's from that op, actually. So that was the same op of that. So, anyways, yeah. So I do all that fun stuff, and then I come back from Afghanistan, and um, my warrant officer at the time he says, "All right, Greg, I need you to go talk to so and so." So I go talk to so and so, and I bring him this folder, and I hand him the folder. He's like, "All right, what's this?" He's like, "Oh, welcome to the team." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah." So that's 
that's how I got into IED. So they, um, I guess the my warrant officer saw something that he liked and sent me to IED, which was awesome because that's where I, you know, that's after I left the army. Oh wait, that's gonna be the next question, isn't it? <laughs> you can keep going. You can go. You can blend into the questions. That's fine. I know. I know you like to talk, Greg. So I've been warned. I, I love to talk. I've been I love warned. To talk. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that that actually, uh, I did a couple tours with the Canadian Army, and I realized after a while it just wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got an email from one of the guys I trained with uh, from the UK, and he's like, "Hey, man, you know, we have this job opening up for the UN." You want to come work? I'm like, what is it? He's like, well, you're a subject matter expert on counter threat, and you do you teach bomb disposal to the countries in the uh, that you train. I'm like, yeah, that sounds easy enough. So uh, yeah, I left the army. Um, my last day in the army was December 16th, and by Boxing Day, so December 26th, I was in Africa. Okay. So how many years was that in the army then? I did a little under 12. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So then I, after that, I spent about three years on the, the circuit where it just, you deploy home, deploy home, deploy home. There's really, your rest cycles were about three weeks to three months. Depends on how it worked. Okay. Wow. And so tell us a little bit more about the UN experience. Okay. So the UN experience, it was, it was a little different than the army. It was, um, a lot of, it was a mixture of the deployments, which a lot of army guys love, and um, the drinking that a lot of army guys love. <laughs> it was very alcohol heavy. Uh, the day I left the army, remember the RSM called me into his office, uh, the regimental sergeant major. Yeah. And uh, he's like, so uh, you're heading overseas. I'm like, yeah, I'm heading over to Africa. He's like, at that point there, Canada was getting ready to ramp up to head to Africa the same place as well. He's like, I just want to put this into perspective for you. You're heading to Mali, and Canada's on their way there. And, you know, a year down the road, you're going to be sitting at some cafe, having a beer in your shorts and flip-flops. Then you're going to see the Canadian soldiers walking by. And in your head, you're going to say, hmm, I'm making three times what they are. And then he looks at me, he's like, I just want to make sure you're making the right decision. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good decision. So, Tough choice. <laughs> It was a tough, tough choice. But, you know, after a couple of years of it, it was really hard in the family. Uh, it's yeah. like my wife and I, we weren't really connecting as much anymore. And then November 12th happened. So November 12th was the day Stan Lee died. You know, I was sitting there, I was on my phone, you know, I was yeah. uh, drinking with the UN chief of ops. And uh, we were sitting there and we're, Stan Lee died. I'm like, ah, oh, that shit, right? And then all of a sudden our phones, both of our phones start blowing up. And it uh, turns out our house was hit by a car bomb. So wow. a thousand pounds of explosives drove through the front gate and detonated. Uh, I sent you the picture, so you've seen the. You've seen yeah, I might put it up as well on the video so everyone can see it. In, <laughs> that's crazy. So it was an absolute. It was an absolute mess. So we all, everything got shifted after that. And uh, when I came back for my holidays, about what was that about two weeks after that, I came back to Canada, and my wife was like, "Yeah, we're done." I'm like, "All right, cool." So that was the end of my contracting days. So we sold everything at that point. We sold our house, we sold our cars, we sold our life, and we moved to Costa Rica. What what prompted that? That it's Costa Rica. Yeah. Right? Like, so my uh, we realized because contracting it pays um, extensively, like significantly, significantly more than <laughs> the army. Uh, yeah. We saved up a lot more money. Yeah. And we had this bankroll, and we just needed to like 
I have a, we have a small son as well. We just need to get back to being a family. Yeah. So like, you know what? Let's let's go to paradise. So we flew down to Central America and we just were beach bums. It was awesome. That's amazing. How long? How long was that for? Uh, so we went down on our recce in uh, December. Uh, I want to say December. We came back way before Christmas, about December eighteenth. Okay. Uh, we celebrated Christmas at home with uh, the family, and then we flew off in January. We uh, then we came back in April when uh, I got a contact from uh, her name is Catherine Thompson. Yeah. And she reached out to me, and she was like, "Hey, you know, I got I got something for you." <laughs> I'm like, "What's up?" <laughs> She's like, so she kept trying to get a hold of me and have a sit down talk with me. But I told her, like, listen, I'm living in Costa Rica. None of my shirts have sleeves. <laughs> I can't really have a sit-down business talk with you. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 no. Let's just, let's just, let's just talk. I'm like, all right. So she talks, and she tells me that cybersecurity is huge, and it's only getting bigger. And with my, like, counterinsurgency background and with my military background, I'd be a good fit. I told her no. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm dumb. I'm a big, like, I'm a big guy. And I, I'm not really. To, tell, yeah, how tall right. are you? How tall are you for everyone? Uh, it's, I'm it's about 195 <laughs> centimeters. So that's about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, yeah. And I'm about 270 pounds or 120 kilos. You're a bit of a so unit. I'm not, yeah, so I'm not really, like, the tech guy. <laughs> so anyway, we'll fast forward a bit after that. So eventually she does get me home. And she introduces me to Tom. Uh, Tom Moore, the CEO. Yeah. And Tom, Tom and I have one of these talks as well. The exact same talk. And this is where Tom and I get to know each other. And then uh, a few weeks after uh, the Toms, they come to Canada. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Tom. He just looks at me. He's like, dude, you're not, you don't belong in, uh, you need to go right to the military sock like right now because any civilian company will, you'll eat them alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, fair <laughs> enough. So anyway, yeah, I we digress quite heavily. Yeah. <laughs> What did you think of Tom when you first met him? Interesting guy. He is a very interesting guy. He seems he seems like a, a big joker. Like is it's hard to like get a grasp of what he is. Yeah. And the more and more I talk to him, like he's he's impressively smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's weird. It, it, he doesn't like when you first meet him. It's hard to come off of that. But once you get to know him, like he is a very and he's driven. And it was you know is. That's, it didn't come off right away, but once you get to talk, like, wow, this guy really, he really knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then I met Tom Larder, and uh, he scares me. TL scares <laughs> you. Okay. Tom Larder yeah. scares you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess he, he'll probably know now, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's interesting. I find it the other way around. Tom Moore scares really? me more than Tom Larder. Oh, it's just, I find Tom Larder's intensity is just... <laughs> It's just so much, and it's, yeah. I, yeah. So we were sitting there at this briefing. So I was the, the first Canadian on the with you with me, as well as, you know, the first Canadian on this interview. So yeah. it, kind of, <laughs> it kind of all works out, right? Yeah. And uh, we're sitting there, and Tom is doing his presentation. And I didn't know at the time, it, was, it wasn't a presentation to get people, like, veterans. It was a, they had a bunch of, like, captains of industry there. Like, so they had, like, uh, EY guides a lot. They had yeah. uh, they had all the the big wigs there, and then there was Greg sitting in the corner by himself, like, oh, no, <laughs> Just, don't talk to me. Yeah. And uh, so Tom was sitting there, and he was going through his his spiel, like Tom Larder. He's like, all right, Greg, you're you went through the system. Tell your story. I'm like, what? What? 
He's like, yeah, stand up, do your thing. I'm like, Whew, all right, let's do this. Oh, so yeah, then I had to tell my story in front of, you know, a bunch of pe- really important people. Yeah. So at that, yeah. Point, at that point in time, did you get what With You With Me was? Like, how long did it take you to understand? Well, that was, I want to say the, uh, September 2019-ish. Okay. And what are we now? 2021? So about a week ago? Yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 until, until I really started working with you guys, I thought it was mainly an HR firm. Okay, HR but firm. It, yep. it, 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 it did training, right? And that's... Yep. Uh, so that's what I thought it was. It was like a very veteran-centric HR firm. And then whenever I started working with uh, working together with uh, the Toms there, I found out it's actually it's a SaaS organization that focuses on that. I'm like, oh, that is so much cooler. Yeah. Cool. So I guess I guess knowing that, um, what you first thought of it to what you now know it is, how did you start explaining that to you know friends and family? Well. I- started i i throw everyone that with you with me i think 90 percent of my friends are on with you with me so <laughs> that's not saying much I'm like, you're a recruiter <laughs> what are like three people yeah <laughs> so like 90 percent of my friends are on here and i told them like listen you know they'll help you get a job if you need a job but if not it, it's free training it's you know it's always awesome to get that free training in right yeah so that's what i i told most of my friends uh and then once because once Canada started kicking off, which is recently, it actually it showed that there was some more potential. Like it showed that there was uh, work, right? Like, so when I started, I got the uh, the email from Tom and then the phone call. Yeah. Until then, I just thought it was a hope and a prayer. Like I didn't know, like I'd be getting work in Canada. Like I got my dream job right out of college. So I, I'm in college right now as well, and I'm not even graduating college, and I have my dream job already. <laughs> I'm like this is awesome. <laughs> so what what are you studying right now? For context i'm studying cybersecurity yeah. actually yeah so i i uh i have two months left and my school has been awesome as well they're like you know what just i have a uh every day our teacher is like a five question quiz so like he's like just log in whenever you have like five minutes do the quiz yeah and then write your exams on the weekend and that's all you have to do so like all right that's that's easy enough yeah so they're, they're also very veteran friendly as well so that's good so if you had to explain the cybersecurity study you're doing now and what you're working with to, you know, Greg just done 12 years in the military, how would you, how would you say it? How would you sell Greg to cybersecurity? All right, dummy, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I would start the conversation. Um, I would say that after a while, so I, once I got on the circuit, right? So after a while, it, hurts your body it hurts your mind yeah and it hurts all that like i was i was diagnosed uh actually recently after starting with, with you with me the um the training cycles about two years ago i was diagnosed with severe ptsd um and it that's that's just that's horrible like it's i was having about panic attacks like every day i was have constant anxiety constant stress um it it was a battle to get out so i found if i could get back i'd tell you know past Greg all right Greg just this is going to hurt you for a while but you know get into something find something better for yourself and for your you know for your family for your life this will help you get there this will help you pull you out of that shit state you're in okay it's pretty solid advice I, I think so I don't know yeah. if I would listen to because I was also a really big asshole 
Yeah. How how would you how would you convince yourself to you know get on a computer and start learning tech skills? It was weird. So as I said, we were in uh, we were in Costa Rica, and then Catherine Thompson, she's the one she reached out to me, and and uh, after the phone call, we went and we went swimming in the Pacific, and I have a little guy, like I think it's what held him. He was he was about four then. Yep. And I don't know if you guys are how big are your like waves down there with riptides. Um, yeah, yeah, they get not, pretty big, yeah, right? yeah. Like, I, I find the Pacific, the waves are significantly uh, bigger than the Atlantic. <laughs> so, my my little guy, he we only went out during low tide because you know, if it was high tide, he'd be <laughs> he'd be gone out there. So, my wife and him were sitting on the beach, and I was just, I was floating in the waves, and I was like, you know what, this this could work. So, I go back, and like, my wife, she's very uh, she's very educationally based, she thinks education is the best thing in the world. Yeah. So we go back and I sit on the beach with her. I'm like, you know what, babe? I think this could work. I think that we could, I think this could happen. I think I could do this. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, I think I can. So then we get home and it was like a weird coincidence. So Veterans Affairs then reached out to me. I want to say it was almost that day or that week. It was really soon after that. And they uh, said I was approved for the rehabilitation program. So the rehab program, what that is, it essentially they help you get back on your feet. So they, uh, they give you money, they pay for your tuition, they help you pay your bills, and they do all this, and they, they take a lot of stress off of you uh, to rehabilitate you to get back into life. Yeah. So this all happened, and I'm like, I think we could pull this off. So then I, we come back to Canada, and we get back about April, May, and we have to start house shopping because we don't own a house. <laughs> Sold it. <laughs> yeah, so we own nothing, right? So... Uh, we start house shopping, and uh, we're living with my mother-in-law, which I love my mother-in-law, but... Yeah, you know. it's... Yeah, can't be forever. <laughs> right. So, we, uh, we start house shopping and all this, and um, I register for a program in a, a small town called Armprior, and they have uh, an ethical hacking program. I'm like, oh, that's the dream right there. Let's get hacking. Right? You think it's like the movies where you see some guy just type in, and yeah, oh, I'm in. It's yeah. Not. What yeah? What's what's ethical hacking to someone who doesn't know? So essentially, ethical hacking on the corporate side is you will pay a ethical hacker or a pen tester. They will come in and they will test your server for vulnerabilities, so a weakness somewhere that they could break in and do horrible things. So as an ethical hacker, you find where those weaknesses are, uh, and you, then you write a report up and you tell them this is where the weaknesses are and this is how you fix them. Yeah. So it's not like the movies per se, where you sit there and you see some dude hacking Facebook. Yeah. Because you really can't, unless you're like, you have some super top secret tech, you can't really hack Facebook. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> I digress. No, that's fine. <laughs> so uh, we moved to this small town called Iron Prior that has a ethical hacking program. Yeah. And I'm registered to start in September. Uh, two days before starting. I get an email, or I get a phone call from the uh, the HR guys. Like, yeah, one of our staff pulled out, so your program's canceled. Oh, like, shit. what? <laughs> like, so as I said, this is the point here. This is where my mental health was just an absolute mess, right? Yeah. So I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, I'm starting to panic. I'm starting to have all these. So, anyways, then that's when uh, Catherine introduced me to Tom, and Tom and I sit down and we have a chat. Uh, I was well out of my league. I shouldn't have been this, you know, bullet sponge Greg sitting there talking to a CEO and 
you know, some tech lady from Canada who apparently is a big deal. At this point, I had no idea. And then Greg, you know, big fat Greg sitting there on a keyboard, like rolling his fingers across. and <laughs> Just like, one finger typing, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, Tom was like, listen, you know, apply. Say you're in Australia. Because at that point there, it was just Australia. Yeah. Like, say you're an Australian soldier. Uh, <laughs> we'll get you through. Jeez. And yeah, so, you know, I, I sign up. And I don't know if you were a part of the with you with me back then. There was It was the website was dirty. Again, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I've been like, in about a year, about 12 months. So. Okay, yeah, so the website there is really dirty. So I'm <laughs> sitting here and I'm trying to go through it. And because it's Australian, you know, the packets are taking like a week to come over to me. <laughs> I'm watching these videos and it's like one video is taking me in a day and a half just to watch. Anyway, <laughs> so I it was a cohort base, so it wasn't how it is now. And I started in September and like there was a graduation in December and uh, yeah. so we go through all this which was perfect because my program was cancelled and uh, then it was had to get started up again in January so the September to December it kept me busy and it kept my mind going so when I originally did it you have to do an aptitude test and you have to do a personality index and all this yeah. and uh, when I went through that's when I was in a, my mind was in the best place and my aptitude score it was just junk yeah. that, my personality index, everything was like, ah, no one would hire this douchebag, right? <laughs> so anyways, uh, once I finished the CSA program, that's when this site did its first uh, its first update. And that's when he had like the uh, people out with you with me and all that as well. So the, yeah. the whole site changed. And it was giving me the option again. It's like, all right, you got to do an aptitude test again. And as I said, so this one here, I had the back support. Uh, my wife, who was instrumental to me getting better, I got uh, I was seeing mental health. I had I had a goal. I had a vision. I had a drive. And my aptitude scores at that point there they were you know they were normal for a bullet sponge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every, everything everything seemed to do a lot better at that point. Yeah. And I found that with you with me it really you know just like talking to the toms, talking to the people on Discord, it really helped me get me back on my feet. That's great. Okay. And so what's what's your role right now for people who don't have you on LinkedIn or? <laughs> so what I am is I am a, uh, a level two cybersecurity analyst with yep. uh, with the Canadian military. So it's because it's I'm one of the, the first Canadians as well. There's a lot of mystery and a lot of questions that are still answering. Yeah. Um, so I had a good talk today with my employer and it's more of a, I'm moving into a SOC knock type thing. So it's a security operations, network operations type center where I'm working with a lot of, uh, uh security monitoring the network as well as, uh, doing some pen testing and application testing as well. So in all in all, it's actually the job that I've been dreaming about since I started this theory like two and a half years ago was sitting on the in Pacific, sitting on the Pacific Ocean drinking a smoothie. Yeah. So it's where this is pretty much where I ended up wanting to go off as soon as I found out about the whole network security and I found out about all this. This is where I wanted to go. So getting into that job, like it's it's awesome. Like I am so excited to get into work. I'm so excited to get there. The second day of like the uh, onboarding or orientation that we do with with you with me. I got up at three thirty in the morning. 3.30 in the morning, I woke up, like, oh, I can't do it, to work. And I, like, Scarlett and I were talking about something, like, ah, oh, I, I forgot to email Scarlett about something, so I had to get up, and I had to write all this. And yeah. I was really excited to get back to it. I was really excited to get back into work. Yeah. Okay. 
Awesome. Um, so, so sock knock without obviously with your current job classified yeah. stuff, what would be like a day in that kind of role? Because it's a, the organization I'm working with is very, uh, elastic. So the days would change roughly. Yeah. Uh, from, from what I'm gathering, it's a, a nine to five job, which is nice. Um, and I go in, I do some networking, I monitor the network and I look for attacks. I look for, I look for essentially it's like a where's Waldo of network. You go yep. in there and you try to find what's wrong and you try to deal with that. Um, if there is some uh, proprietary based stuff on that, we'll test that. We'll get that all working. Okay, cool. So what, what would I guess be, let's say there's a few veterans or someone listening to this right now, who's Greg 12 years or in their 11th <laughs> year in the military. What would you say to that person right now? Not necessarily to go with you with me, but just any advice you could have given your self at that, you know, 11th, 12th year when you were like, I'm, I've had enough. This is hurting me physically, mentally. What, 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 what would you say? Well, like 12 years at my, what it was, was a deployment I had that ruined me. I had a, I had a great military career. Okay. Like my military career was, was the one that recruiters tell people when they come in. Like I traveled the world. Yeah. I had a, I had a two month exercise to Hawaii. I lived in Florida for a while. Like I had a great military career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there comes a point when you just can't take it anymore. And I found that unfortunately leaving the military was a better option than staying in for me. So if, you know, 12 year army guy looking or girl, I guess, or Navy or whatever, 12 year veteran looking to find something, find what you're passionate about, yeah. find what you love, get to that. You know, if you, if you love cyber, you know, get to it. Try to find a way. Do your five-year plan. Yeah. Like as I said, I started, I started two and a half years ago, and I found out about this whole thing, and every every step that I have made until this point has been to that. Yeah. So you got to find your plan, find your goal. Because I went from working overseas, running operate like strike offs, to a year later taking my son on a kindergarten trip or grade one trip or a year one trip to the apple orchard <laughs> all in the span of one yeah, year yeah yeah right big shift so and i it, it is a huge shift i didn't have a plan to come down for i didn't know what i was going to do um which really affected everything so i find get yourself a plan find your find your outs work towards them and for canadian veterans ex-military looking to pursue cybersecurity, what resources obviously besides with you with me and you can include with you with me as well what where do you where do you think they should go to learn or to get a better understanding? See, with you with me, the way it's all designed, the way that the company has done it through the training process, they they built it around people like me, uh, not very tech savvy people, people that you know I roll my face across a keyboard, hopefully I hit the right key type thing, right? Yeah. And they built their training around that uh, for someone that is not tech savvy with you with me is really the best option for it. Yeah. Like they teach you everything. Then also like YouTube, I learned so much on YouTube. Uh, and then my, you know, the volunteer organization, which I love as well. Like they, they helped me actually get my current job. Yeah. So they, they, I work. So I volunteer for an organization called hackers for change. Yeah. And, and they took me in almost immediately and they showed me the ropes. They showed me how to become a pen tester, how to become an ethical hacker. Which, when it came to my interview process for my current role, they were asking me questions about stuff, and I could say, 
no, it wasn't just on training. I've done these these vectors, these attacks on actually production websites. So yeah. that gave me a leg up as well. Um, so that's what I found. Like, there's a whole lot of resources out there. Uh, if you're a veteran, if you're looking to change anything, there's a whole bunch of resources out there, and you find it, you love it, and you can deal with it. Awesome. Well, Greg, I, I don't have any more questions, but is there anything you felt like I missed out? Is there a story? Is there a really cool story got, that you just have to tell? Do, do, do you want to just tell us one, one story? What do I got here? What do I, I you know, I'm kind of put on the spot here. That's all right. I'm sure you have a, come on. I'm sure you'll think you're right. That's what I got here. So we'll do a, we're in Afghanistan. Yeah. We were sitting there and we we're building up a, it's the same operation that I was talking about with the 82 recoilless. Yeah. That's what that was. We called it a, a river run. So we went down the Arkandab River, which runs through Afghanistan. And it was during the dry season, so we could drive down the river. And we're driving through a bunch of, like, strong points that Canadians hold to, for, essentially it was for, um, we were tearing down two and strengthening up the third one so we could save troops and time. <laughs> and yep. the entire time we're going down there, we were getting hit constantly. And I remember at one point, I, you know, I love tankers and all this, but we were getting, <laughs> we're getting mortared. And I remember looking over to see the tanker, and one of the crew commanders just dove into the, the top hatch of the tank, and all I saw was his little legs just oh. kicking out of the top <laughs> as he's trying to get in. <laughs> and I, it's something that will stick in my head forever. But I love tankers. You guys are awesome. I'm not, I'm not trapped. It's just, it was a funny story. <laughs> Don't yell at me. <laughs> wow. Okay. The river run. The river run. Interesting. Um, yeah, well, Greg, I, I don't I don't want to take any more time. Um, thank you so much for, yeah, giving us your time. Dylan, absolute pleasure. I enjoyed everything. As I said, I talked most of it. Yeah. So good luck editing this. No, that's fine. <laughs> that's good. That's what I want. I, the less talking I do, the better. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, uh, also, if you know, if any Canadian wants to reach out to me or if any anyone yeah. wants to reach out to, for information, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't really have much of a social media presence other than LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to explain my story, how with you with me helped me and how everything works. Yeah, and that's it's Greg Hanneman with a double N, H-A-N-N-I-M-A-N. Yes. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I don't have Facebook, so can't really help you with that one. But yeah, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone, explain how everything works. And as I said, With You With Me has been instrumental in both my mental health and my life. Awesome. Yeah, I'll put your LinkedIn uh, in the YouTube description as well so people can Perfect. find you, connect with you, and ask you any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I do love to talk, so yeah. be prepared for that. Yeah, don't be shy. <laughs> Hit him up. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Greg. I'll let you uh, finish your up, cold caramel latte now. Oh, perfect. Cheers, See buddy. you, mate. Greg, how you going? I am doing well. How are you doing? Good. Still light for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for probably half an hour, 45 minutes, and then it winter is here, and, <laughs> and that's pretty much where we're looking. Okay, cool. Ooh, what are you drinking there? Just a regular coffee? Yeah, just got an instant coffee. Get, get myself a bit excited. I got myself a uh, fancy caramel latte. Oh, very nice. Delicious. Very nice. Yeah. Caramel latte. How how yeah, fancy. Yeah. It is. So uh, I quit drinking. As I told you, I quit drinking about two years ago, right? So yeah. I took up coffee. And coffee is so much worse for you. <laughs> <laughs> it just comes right through you, right? 
So uh, my wife and I, we bought one of those fancy latte machines a couple months ago. We had it, uh, we had it custom made in Italy. It's red, it's fancy, it has all sorts of buttons, and it does magic stuff for you. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah, those are very cool. Coffee, coffee yeah. at home's come a long way. It really has. Well, especially, I don't know how you guys ever, like, we're locked down. Yeah. We're always locked down. So, couldn't just, you know, jump out to get a coffee from down the street. Yeah. So, we had to adapt. Yeah, we're lucky. Everything's still open for us. But... I think we're opening up soon, though. If I was going to take a shot in the dark, we'll probably open up in, I'd say, probably a month or so. Okay. That's pretty good. Are, are your numbers going down? Or is it more because yeah, of the scene yeah. so and everything? Our, uh, I'm just west of Ottawa. So, I'm about... I'm going to say 20 clicks outside of Ottawa. So we get bubbled in with, you know, the national capital, right? So yeah, there's like probably in my town, we don't even have any big box stores. We have nothing. Yeah. So it's one of those small towns. So we don't really have many COVID cases, but because we get boxed in with Ottawa. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. 